Welcome to the Ancient World podcast. So today we're going to look at Canto 26. So there's only eight cantos left now, eight chapters left of the book. And we've been through two examinations for the theological virtues of faith and of hope. And now love or charity is the topic for this canto. And we're going to meet St. John as the main person for the examination. And there's one more person that Dante meets while we're here in the eighth sphere of the fixed stars. And this is also in some sense the, the top of the the hierarchy for, for the blessed humans that are in paradise. In the ninth sphere, you only have angelical beings. And in the Empyrean, that's the kind of the mind of God. And that's where, where, uh, that's where every, all the souls live, but they, they're not reflected down. Like there, there's no one. The first eight spheres, you see the reflections of the souls in the Empyrean as the, the eight levels where you have the humans. So we're going to start uh, at the beginning here with the, uh, with the opening, which is from the last canto where Dante was looking straight at this light and he became blind. So it opens with, While I stood there, confounded by my blindness, from out of the effulgent flame that took my sight, there came a breath of voice that made me heed its words. Until you have regained the sense of sight which your eyes have consumed in me, let discourse be a means of recompense. Begin then, tell what is it that your soul is set upon, and you may rest assured your sight is only dazzled, not destroyed. The lady who guides you through the divine spheres has that power in a single glance that rested in the hand of Ananias. So the whole opening here with blindness has many interpretations. The obvious reference here is to St. Paul, who, who is writing all the letters in the New Testament and who, on his way to Damascus, has being a, a, prose, a persecutor of Christians, he He's on his way to Damascus and then there's a big flash and then he becomes blind for, for three days and, and then he, when he gets his sight back, he will then, uh, then he has become a follower of the Christ figure. So when he's, at the end there says, in the hand of Ananias, Ananias is the disciple of Christ who restored Paul's sight. So we have this little moment where Dante has, has had this uh, too intense vision and it's also, it came when staring into the light of, of St. John. I said, At her own pleasure, soon or late, let her restore my eyes that were the gates she entered with the fire that burns me still. So Dante is talking about Beatrice, and then the fire is his love for Beatrice. So they met in Florence when they were like children. They were about nine years old, or Dante was nine years old. And then uh, she, like... The gates she entered is that her beauty, and then like she entered into his mind through the gates of the eyes, and the bur the fire of the love is still burning, and then this points to the theme of this canto, which is love. The good, that full contentment of this court is alpha and omega of all texts. Love read to me in soft or louder tones. 
So it's now connecting good to the divine. The same voice that had just now calmed the fear, I felt in sudden blind bewilderment, once more encouraged me to speak. So the same voice is St. John. It said, But certainly you need a finer sieve to sift this matter through. You must explain, who made you aim your bow at such a mark? So, here starts the examination. It's also very important here, like, to aim your bow. There's a larger topic here, partly on the side, but something that Dante is is uh, concerned about is like to find the way to understanding and to truth. A big part of it is knowing where to look and where to aim. And this is in general very relevant like sometimes it's not necessarily complicated or that you have to be very smart to understand something but you 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 need to know where to look and where to aim your bow i said through philosophic arguments and through authority which comes from here such love as this has stamped me with its seal so he's then saying it's through his reason and through authority is the divine, you can say revelation, or you can also say like a, a unfolding of a spiritual understanding. For good perceived as good enkindles love, and makes that love more bright the more that we can comprehend the good which it contains. So this is a bit like self-referencing loop here, but it's based on Aristotle that when you understand the good perceived as good enkindles love. So when you understand the nature of the good, it will inspire love. And then the more you understand this, the more love you will have. And this could also then, again, cause a, a desire for more understanding. And then also connecting the good to the divine. So, toward that essence where such goodness rests, that any goodness found outside of it is only a reflection of its ray. Back to the the theme of having the source like a center and then it emanates in, in, in varying degrees and kind of complexions everywhere. The mind of man in love is bound to move more than toward any other once it sees the truth on which this loving proof is based. So it's again the, the, the same theme that it's, a, it's something that will grow like when you... When when the mind, like if your understanding starts to see the truth, you will move towards it more and more. Such truth is made plain to my mind by him who demonstrates to me the primal love of each and every endless entity. So this is the theme of uh, Aristotle, the unmoved mover. So an every endless entity. So it's like the spheres are moving because the, the first mover sets all the spheres in motion and then they keep revolving in a longing or a love to return back to the unmoved mover. Plain it was made by the true author's voice when he said speaking of himself to Moses, I, sh- I shall show you all of my goodness now. This is in, in Exodus, the old biblical stories. The true author is the divine who then tells Moses, uh, all goodness will pass before thee. 
Made plain, it also is from the first words of your great gospel. So he's speaking directly now to St. John. Which cries out to men, loudest of all the mysteries of heaven. So this is an interesting point because here Dante is, again, personal as a writer, just pointing out that his, his favorite gospel is St. John and it's also the most mysterious one of the four gospels. It's very different from the first three ones. So when you start reading it, there's a sense of a spiritual deep and there's almost a bit of like a Greek philosophy influences in in the language as well, which then Dante is, is clearly saying that he <laughs> that he enjoys. And then I heard, as human reason proves and revelation which concurs with it, so back to the intellect and the spiritual and like the, the virtual symbol and the Beatrice symbol, all of your loves, the highest looks to God. And this also points to the larger project of Dante, his time, the scholasticism, and to unite the, the Catholic Church with the Aristotelian philosophy. But tell me, are there other ties you feel that draw you to him? Let your words explain the many teeth with which your love can bite. So he just wants to know other examples of, of the love. The sacred purpose in the questioning of Christ's own eagle. Eagle is the symbol of Saint John. Uh, so the sacred purpose here was clear to me. I knew which way my answer had to go. I spoke again. All of those teeth with strength to move the heart of any man to God have bitten my heart into loving him. The being of the world and my own being, the death he died so that my soul might live, the hope of all the faithful and mine too. So here Dante is suddenly just listing all the reasons for his love of the divine and, and just love, which is then the being of the world is just the existence of the world my own being, the existing of himself. So he just starts with the whole world and my, myself and uh, the death he died, so like the, just the crucifixion and the hope of all the faithful. So like the, in some sense, just the existence of faith and belief in itself. Joined with the living truth mentioned before, from that deep sea of false love rescued me and set me on the right shore of true love. I love each leaf with which enleaved is all the garden of the eternal gardener in measure of the light he sheds on each. So it's one of the most beautiful little images, pictures in the whole paradise. Where he, just, he wants to show the love of the creation. So each leaf is just every little part of the creation. And, and then it's all over the garden, from the eternal gardener, from the divine, and then back to this like in different varying degrees, he is shedding the light. The instant I stopped speaking, all of heaven filled with singing, as my lady joined the others chanting, holy, holy, holy. So this is, Dante was now approved of his, his examination, his answering for the, the theological virtue of love. The holy, holy, holy. So this is from Isaiah. This is a very famous uh, passage. In chapter 6 of Isaiah, um, 
so the top order of angelical beings are the seraphims and they are represent just pure love so in chapter 6 it says from Isaiah I saw also the Lord sitting upon the throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple above it stood the seraphims each one had six wings with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. So it's a famous passage, just holy, 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 and the glory. <laughs> and it's also, it's... Um, so the thing with whole the is the Hebrew language. So if you repeat things three times, you say it's a if you say high, 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 that would be the highest of the high. Holy, holy, holy is the holiest of all the holy. So there's a, there's a reason why it's repeated three times. And then as sleep is broken by a flash of light, the visual spirit rushing to the gleam which penetrates the eyes from lid to lid, and the roused sleeper shrinks from what he sees confounded by his sudden wakening until his judgment comes to aid his sight. So Beatrice drove out every speck, clouding my vision with her splendid eyes, whose radiance spread a thousand miles and more. So now, since he's approved on this topic of love and he's been through all the three theological virtues, the full examination, he now has his sight back. And then he says... So I could see much better than before. So now his understanding, his insight, his capacity and capability of absorbing the divine understanding and the knowledge has grown even more. And then comes the second part of the canto, which is really interesting. So you can see much better than before. And then surprised with my new sight, I asked about a fourth light that was with us now. My lady said, within that blaze of race, in loving contemplation of his maker, is the first soul, the first power, first made. So here comes Adam. And then he also puts in first, 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 three times. It's a bit of echo of the holy, holy, holy. So the first of the first. And then also Adam symbolizing the whole of humanity and the f and and then also as this says first soul as tops of trees will bow to sweeping gusts of wind only to straighten up again by force of their own natural resilience so i amazed was bent the while he spoke but then i found my confidence restored and burning with the wish to speak again i spoke these words O one and only fruit who was created ripe, first, oldest sire, father and father-in-law of every bride, I beg of you devoutly, I implore you to speak to me. You see right through my wish. To hear you speak sooner, I speak less. So it's interesting how Dante is continuously changing his way of addressing the souls, the blessed souls that he, he meets, and this one is also a new one that he he has a high praise and then just says, I will stop. Sometimes an animal will tremble in its skin and thus reveal its feelings from within as he moves his own cover from inside. 
So that first soul of souls revealed to me, stirring transparently in his own glow, how joyously it moved to bring me joy. So, it's one of countless examples of questioning and, <laughs> and, and trying to understand this, the thirst and seek for knowledge is encouraged greatly by just more energy and more joy. And then it breathed. So this one word is extremely important, <laughs> the breathed, because in the Greek and the Hebrews, breath is soul and life and breath. And then there's also the, the, the reference to the creation, like in, in the second chapter of the Genesis, when, when, uh, when Adam is, is made by the soil and then he, the, his, his life is like <laughs> breathed into his nose and then he becomes alive. So, so the, the breath is just, it's a very deep symbol. Without your telling me, I know your wish much better than you know, whatever seems most evident to you. I see it in that mirror of truth, itself perfect reflector of all things, yet no thing can reflect it perfectly. So Adam now says, you don't have to tell me, I see it much better than you. And that he sees it in the mirror of truth, just like in from the Empyrean, from the mind of the divine and from the source of existence, which is reflected in everything, and then, but no other thing can reflect the source perfectly. Only in tiny, tiny little parts. You wish to know how long ago it was God placed me in the earthly paradise where she prepared you for this long ascent. So this is Beatrice, earthly paradise, the Garden of Eden, where at the end of Purgatory, the second book, Dante meets Beatrice and then that's where she <laughs> prepares him to go and ascending through the heavens. And how long did my eyes delight in it and the true reason for the wrath of God, the language which, which I spoke and formed myself. So you have four questions for Adam, which is when did he come to the earthly paradise? How long did he stay there? Was the true reason for the wrath of God, like why he was thrown out? And which language did Adam speak? You know, my son, the tasting of the tree was not itself the cause of such long exile, but only the transgression of God's bounds. So here's another deep theological question that Dante is, is giving his, his, uh, his way of thinking about this, which is the eating from the tree was not the main reason it's it's symbolic for the for pride or also like the greeks would say for hubris that you are moving beyond your your, your boundaries uh, and then you will have the punishment that will come so it's, a, it's a very strong like the transgression of the boundaries and then dante is connecting this with pride as a, the first sin the most the most uh, serious sin, which is also like purgatory, the, is the, the heaviest part of climbing the Mount of Purgatory as well. 4,302 full sons, I longed for this assembly. From that place, your lady summoned Virgil to your aid. So Adam is, is answering a little bit different uh, 
kind of he starts with the second one, which is that he spent then 4,302 years in limbo, which he says the place where Lady Summoned Virgil, this is another reference to, so Dante's already now, he's starting to knit the whole of the comedy together again, which is from the beginning that the first move in the whole comedy is that so, well, Dante is lost in a in a dark forest and has lost the way, his way, symbolic of his, his spiritual life, also symbolic of the culture in Florence and, and just a, a timeless concept of being lost in darkness. So then Virgin Mary tells, she sees this from up in the Empyrean, so she tells uh, St. Lucy to go and tell Beatrice to go down to Limbo and tell Virgil to go up to the dark forest and take Dante on this journey through the three realms so he can find the way back again. So this is Adam. So Adam is showing kind of his, that he knows everything. He knows that he knows why Dante is there and the, and the whole backstory for this. So again, he said he was in the limbo for 4,302 years. And then he continues. I saw the sun return to run the course of all its stars 930 times while I was living as a man on earth. So this is the time in the Garden of Eden. 930 years. This is a direct quote from, from Genesis. So if we put this together, that he was picked out of limbo in the year 34 AD, this one time when like the Christ figure is coming down to limbo to pick up the people from, from uh, the Old Testament. So if you put this together, the year 34, and then how long he was in limbo and how long he was in the Garden of Eden, the creation of Adam is then 5,198 BC. And then the next question. The language that I spoke was long extinct before that unaccomplishable task entered the minds of Nimrod's followers. King Nimrod is the one who is then uh, initiating the Tower of Babel. So what Adam says is his language was extinct long before they tried to build the Tower of Babel, which then also created all the languages of the world. We talked about the, the, the story of the Babel in, in another episode. No product of the human mind can last eternally. For, as all things in nature, man's inclination varies with the stars. So there's a point here which is that Dante, at some point earlier in his life, thought that the first language in the Garden of Eden was a divine language, but now he's saying more that it was made by the human mind, and therefore that first language has disappeared. That man should speak is only natural, but how he speaks in this way or in that, nature allows you to do as you please. Till I descended to the pains of hell, I was, he called on earth, that highest good, who swathes me in this brilliance of his bliss. So now we're getting into the, the names of, of the divine in the Old Testament. So you have Yahweh, it's like I am that I am. Before that is also just Jah, which is I am. In some ways referring to just existence. And then he, he says furthermore, and then he was called El. For naturally man's habits, like the leaves upon the branch, change as they fall and others take their place. So the 
how the name of the divine is evolving in the Old Testament is a, is not a huge topic, but it's and we touched upon this before, but it starts with Elohim, just the beginning, Bereshit bara Elohim, which is, El is is uh, the God, and then it's a plural, they use the plural form with the Im at the end, which is all the spiritual beings and the source of the spiritual beings at the same time, that's the one who then creates heaven and earth, like meaning the divine and the earthly. But then later, gradually, it, it changes, and then with Moses it becomes Yahweh, I am that I am, and it it's kind of it it expands and it has unfolded to become all of existence, and then that is the 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 name that stays in the rest of all the biblical stories. Atop that mountain, highest from the sea, this is the Mount Purgatory. My time of innocence until disgrace was from my first day's hour until the hour a sun shifts quadrant following the sixth. So here Adam is saying that he stayed in the earthly paradise, the Garden of Eden, for six hours. And that's the answer to the to the last question. And that's how the canto ends. So it's um, it's very deep here at the end, the second part of the canto. And it's also interesting how the whole, the way Adam speaks is very, it's very short, it's very factual. Uh, and just, he has one picture, which is the end that the, the man, the man's habits, like human's habits, will change as the leaves upon the branch fall, and then other takes the place. And there's also one more thing to say about the the name Adam, which is um, Adam. Like for in the Hebrew, Adama means soil. So the Adam, the name Adam means soil, kind of made of soil, and Dam also means blood, which is the essence of life in the, the, the symbolism of the ancient Hebrew. So this is also a, there's a deep meaning to the name in itself. Okay, so uh, we're going to stop it here. Uh, we've now been through the three theological virtues and met uh, Adam. And now we kind of reached the point where we've gone to the very center of the human, uh, the human souls and and we're soon ready to go to the next sphere. So, uh, as always, hope some of this was interesting and some food for thought. And as always, thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Mm-hmm.